Working. Welcome to Operation Brewery, Season 2, Episode 3, I think. And this episode is all about our road to the AIBA Awards in May for our brewery. And one of the topics I wanted to talk through was design because one of the awards you can submit for is a packaging award. And I originally had this idea where, where you and I, Matt, would work on this elaborate box uh, for a specific beer, which never happened, but... Because of how much effort we put into the latest round of changes at Black Ops, I think we're going to submit what we've done anyway for an award. I think it'll work. All right. You think we'll win? (laughs) I think it'll work. (laughs) All right. And win. So we'll get to that, but I just want to talk to you um, about design generally because we've got a lot of people in our audience who are interested in design and... You're the best designer I know. Thank you. And, Unreal. And Thank you, you for having me. Yeah. This is, uh, this is something different. Not used to this, but um, We'll yeah, get used to I'm it. I could get you back in every week. Excellent. <laughs> A little regular fixture. So uh, tell me about yourself. How did you get started? Who are you? Uh, yeah. How did you become a designer? Okay. Hello. I'm Matt Vigotis. Um, <laughs> uh, how do I become a designer? I think like, if I really look at it right from a young age, art was my thing. Um, I was good at art at school. That was kind of my thing. Like, you know, um, I could draw. Yeah. I was the kid that could draw. Yeah. I remember in art class, kids would come around and watch what I was doing. And it's like, oh, that's, that's, your, that's your thing. So you, know? you, so you didn't – were you learning how to draw in art class or was just, no, it was just natural? No, it was just, it was just natural. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like – yeah, I, I don't know. I just – sketching. I was good at sketching and, you know, if I could see something, I, I don't know. I guess I had the dexterity to sort of like replicate it. Yeah, and, and you know this is just with you know pencils and you know coloring in and stuff like that. And, what are you um, what are you drawing at that age? Like ah oh, anything, just sort of. Oh look, I've been drawing waves for a long time. I've just started to revisit that. Yeah, um, they're epic. You guys should check that out if you as go on your Instagram. Teenager, I used to probably waste a lot of um, private school education drawing waves on folders during classes. Yep, mass English RE. <laughs> oh, we had to do RE as well. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, and so I was—I always felt like I was going to continue down the art, you know, um, field of you know doing design work. And I remember in um, I think it was grade eleven or something, grade eleven or grade twelve, uh, there was a competition um, in the newspaper to design the logo. They were crowdsourcing for um, a local baseball team, and at, I think it was called the Daikyo Dolphins. Huh. Um, and so I submitted a couple of designs. I think um, my mum or dad just put it in front of me and said, why don't you do something for that? Because I think at that point in time in art class, we were, we were touching base on graphic design. This is in school? Yeah. Wow. This is at school. And the designs came second and third. The ones I, I think I submitted three. And they and, did really well. And, it got and was, published. This a, was this a, des- a competition for kids or just gen- general? I like, think it was just general. Right. Wow. Um, and so I'll have to try and dig them up. I don't even know if they, they're still around. I'd have to... Probably sell them. Yeah, <laughs> check, check my mum's place. They, they might be there somewhere. But, um, yeah, I, I remember thinking at that point in time, because I was old enough at that point to start thinking, oh, what am I going to do after school? I wanted to be an architect. Oh, wow, that's interesting. When I was young, but I was drawing pictures of waves during maths class, so that was never going to happen. Well, you, oh, you never... Well, it's interesting. I actually did a year of architecture at uni mm. probably four years ago. Yeah. And I, I love... Um, 
I love the idea of designing houses, but yeah. I'm the opposite of you. I can't use my hands. I yeah. can't even write. Like, like no one can read my writing. Yeah. Um, so why on earth I thought I could... I actually did, did okay in architecture, but yeah. I realized very quickly it wasn't for me because if you can't draw... You can't study architecture. Yep. Whether you can be an architect, maybe you yep. can these days. It's a big commitment, isn't it? A massive commitment. Yeah, yeah. it would have been. It would have been. I was running my business. It would have been ten years part time. Yeah, top. I think I had a friend actually down in Sydney. Um, he he was he was a number cruncher, and he decided he wanted a career change, and he he went out and started doing architecture. I think he lasted a year or two. And yeah, it was the same reason. Something along the way it was like, oh, this is a little different to what I. It's a very, very dense course. Like I was kind of expecting to learn about uh, designing houses, but yeah. there's absolutely yeah, not Yeah, that's that. what you think. You're just going to be designing cool angles. Yeah. I'm going to you know, do a rad thing here with a kitchen and an indoor-outdoor thing and shapes and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a lot of math. And did you, th- and did you apply to go into architecture at all? Or? Well, I did tech studies at school and graphics. So I did quite well at graphics, which was, I guess, you know, learning how to draw plans and stuff like that yeah i remember graphics i I think we had to design a house and i loved the conceptual side of all of that and that that was heaps of fun so i I had that creative side i also did film and television at school but i don't know through grade 11 and 12 there was the subjects that i did there were you had to do these massive projects yeah you know um and yeah i just I, i felt like you spread yourself too thin over all of them so um yeah, I, I sort of just focused in on the art side of things. And after I did well with those logos, I remember thinking for the Daikyo Dolphins, um, I thought, this is a way I can make some money. This is, this is a career mm. op- opportunity for me. So um, from there, I, I was going to go to um, uh, Griffith uh, and do a course, but then it just so happened around that time for various reasons there um, – this opportunity um, popped up to do some work experience and, you know, this is straight after schoolies week. <laughs> so I just started doing that and that I, um, I did that for a, a few months and, oh, look, I won't bore you with all the early details, but that just sort of, you know, gave me a foot in the door. Yeah. And um, I just sort of kept progressing and bettering my skills along the way. And, and at that point, were you like, what design work were you doing? Were you doing the style you do now? Or? Uh, editorial layout sort of stuff. Um, it was a, for a publishing uh, company and that led into a job with Fairfax Media um, back in, oh, geez, I don't even know when it was, like 95 or something like that. They, um, they, Fairfax came to the Gold Coast and they had a, a, a local rag that they were trying to do. Right. And it was right around the time when technology was bringing it all you know, onto the computer and stuff like that. It was like cutting-edge technology. Um, and it was their answer to the bulletin, and it only right. lasted a couple of years. Um, no, I'm not sure, you know, what happened there, but I um, I made an impression with the people at Fairfax, and from there, once they you know closed down, they off they wanted me to come to Sydney and work for them down there, and so I worked for them for about five years. Wow, I think it was down there, and I was doing yeah a lot of editorial layout sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, special uh, publications, features, um, and a bit of branding work here and there, like and, and advertising. A lot of the you know people that would advertise didn't have graphic designers that would do the advertisements, so right. I'd come up with some conceptual advertising and whatnot. And did you ever go back and study? No, right? No. So I, at one point, I was um, the uh, head of creative uh, with Fairfax. So huh. at a young age, so it was really weird. Yeah. Um, so I, I was sort of managing about, uh, I think it was like 
several creatives at that point in time um, as a young fella. And then I, then I moved to London. And then that's when I really got into branding. Um, I worked for a design agency over there. And I saw how they did it over there and it just, wow, I was, I was blown away. They were cutting edge and yeah. it was unreal. Um, and then from there, I'll try and speed through this because <laughs> otherwise we'll be here all day. Um, I, uh, I worked for a, a recruitment agency that was a startup in London and it was just a means of, you know, still living in London. It was never meant to be a career opportunity. Mm. But um, it was a great bunch of people and they just kept growing and growing and growing. And um, I ended up moving back to the Gold Coast, but by this time they started opening offices all around the world, so it became a proper job. So I was working remotely, doing looking after their brand, looking after all their advertising. They did stacks of conceptual advertising, um, and so it was a full-time job. Then I moved to Sydney with them and worked out of their Sydney office, and by that time I think they had 15 offices globally. Mm. But then I think I was working for them for about eight or nine years, and it just – they got bought by a corporate right before the GFC. Oh, right, okay. Um, and so, when did, so when did you start your business? Well, I, this was right before the GFC. So 2008? Yeah, I think it was 2007. 2007, yeah. Yeah, and so I went out on my own because they got bought by a corporate. I knew it was only a matter of time before, you know, because I was, I was, you know, tight with the directors and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And anyway, uh, I, I went out on my own. GFC hit, bad timing. Um, but then I just started, uh, you know, really focusing on corporate identity. It's what I've always loved doing, you yeah. know, and designing logos and, and the bigger picture and all of that. And, yeah, I've been doing it for now eight, nine years. Wow, that's cool. And um, built up a, a good following. I found you – we were go- looking for designers on the Gold Coast and I, I don't know why I didn't find you when I searched the Gold Coast, but I didn't. And yep. um, I ended up finding you by just going through Dribble. Yeah. And um, randomly just looking through designs and I saw uh, yeah. some stuff you'd done that I liked and you had a f- following on there, a really good following on Instagram. Um, and I think Behance as well. Yeah, Behance, pretty big. Yeah, and and I had no idea you were from the Gold Coast. Like yeah. it was actually su- surprised. I don't have much of a presence on the Gold Coast. Uh, 90% of my clients come from overseas and that's thanks to all of those um, social media yeah. sites publishing my work and... Yeah, and so this um, just before we get onto the, I've got some some other questions, but the, in terms of like the style of design you do, yeah, like, um, I don't think I've worked like I've I've I have my own design business for seven years, and I've been doing web design stuff for mm. a long time. I don't know how long, probably over over a decade, probably fifteen years. Um, but I don't think I've ever worked with anyone. Like I've worked with lots of designers or people who call themselves designers. Yep. But it, they're more sort of people that, you know, open up Photoshop or maybe Illustrator if you're lucky yep. and, you know, create some shapes. But your, your style is very different. Um, if people can see – I'll show you. that this is, this is probably not the best example, but, <laughs> and apologies to the audio people, but um, this is like the style of some of the stuff that Matt, Matt does. So our brand – is a, I'm not sure how you can see that, but you can also see it on the box. Our, our brand is basically a combination of hand-drawn – you describe it. You, you do it's a better job of describing it. It's calli- calligraphy. A lot of people call it lettering, but um, I, uh, I got the results organically through using a brush pen Yeah, originally, which is, in essence, calligraphy. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of brush pen calligraphy and lettering. Lettering is when you um, illustrate your letters. Um, 
that look, I, that's something that's just that took off for me about three or four years ago. Right. Okay. So um, you weren't always doing no, that. Style. No, okay. no, no. Right. I actually had a following um, before then um, for just my conceptual logo marks mm. and, and and all of that and. I still do a lot of that work. It just well, so- well the, the thing is with our brand is it's it's both. Yeah, and that, and that's I've seen like a lot of other stuff you've done. It, it's often both. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if you're going to be in, um, you know, call yourself a specialist in corporate identity, you have to be very flexible. You have to be able to put on heaps of different hats, like styles and yeah, because uh, you can't just enforce the one thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, you can be recognised for a certain style. And people can identify with that style and want that style and, and you can just do that all day long. But if you want to, you know, be a proper corporate identity um, specialist, you have to um, look at each brief and work out what style will work and not just inflict one style. My portfolio probably does look calligraphy and lettering heavy yeah. at the moment. But if you if you dig a little deeper, you'll see that, you know, I, I do a lot of minimalistic stuff, a lot of geometric stuff. Yeah. And, and you really have to be able to adapt Right, and yeah, and if you look point. at like the intricate details on some on this, like like this, I've got a bottle of Lady Lager here, which is our um, lager. It's it yes, it's calligraphy in terms of like the words black ops, but then it like looking at it, it's quite simple. But the the amount of work that goes into something like this, you can there's there's like little there's a font there that you created just for this project originally. Yes, yeah, so I need cre- my head. <laughs> Head checked for ever, right. ever, ever taking on that endeavor. So you've got a, a monogram which you've, I guess, created in Illustrator, not yep. not hand drawn. Is I'll, that right? I might just quickly say a font isn't just some letters that you see. A font is only a font when you can use it on a keyboard, right? And type. Yeah. A lot of people will say, "Oh, I like the Black Hops." Font. Right, right, right. But it's not a font. No, it's it's, a, it's um it's calligraphy. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the the words Black Hops are hand drawn calligraphy. The word brewery is a custom font that you created just for this project, but you can now you can now other people can now get it. And then um, family of eight, I think family right. of eight or six, yeah, yeah. And there's also stuff on here that's just done in Illustrator. Yep. The the monogram, I think, you, like what was the process? You were drawing all of that originally. Yeah. So I always start um, sketching my ideas. It's just. I think things, if you jump straight onto the computer, sometimes you can have an idea in your head and you can just jump straight on the computer. But I find 99% of the time if you do that, whatever you design looks contrived. Yeah. If you um, if you put everything down on um, on paper first, it's it just it's a lot more organic. Uh, like, you know, you can see it. There's that connection from your brain to your hand to paper that just seems to have this, you know, just works. Yeah, you know? and, and this this is something you were just, I guess, born with. Is that the case? Like, like, like that doesn't happen to it's me. my superpower. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's happened, you just started drawing. Like some people just don't draw shit. I've never drawn anything. Yeah. And, and I shouldn't. Um, no, you should always <laughs> do try new things. You never right. know. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, well, that's it. It comes back down to school. I mm. was good at taking ideas that I had in my head and, and, and replicating it. Did, did you struggle to go from, because... That's that's kind of like, I guess, left brain, you know, like a left brain, right brain thing. Yeah. You've got like a creative side and like an analytical side. Yeah. A lot of the work that gets done in design is actually quite analytical. There's like, you know, there's rules about, you know, what percentage of elements get shown yeah. in a certain place. There's, yeah. you know, intricate meshing on here, whereas if it's one pixel out in Illustrator, it's not going to look right. I think so, but I think um, I still, the right side's the creative side, isn't it? Um, 
It's visual skills as well. Like, yeah, sure, there is there is a math and rulings and rules of thirds and stuff yeah. like that, spacing and all of that. A lot of that can come down to common sense, but also having a visual understanding of mm. balance of negative and posit- positive space. And yeah. Just the balance and hierarchy of elements and giving them breathing space and all of that. So you can delve into it and look – the eye has to have final say. I mean, you've seen some of the stuff that I do. I, I show you sometimes my rulings, like, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll leave grids and stuff like that so you can see why um, things happen. Yeah. I, but the eye has to have final say right. on what you're doing. Um, but, yeah, sure, there are sort of rules of geometry that sort of do help and aid the eye. Yeah, I've noticed that with ours um, because the, the logo is a, a combination of hand-drawn calligraphy, a, a monogram and a font – it's it's sort of hard to work out analytically where the center line is. Yeah, um, yeah, because that monogram actually feels a little bit of. You, you'll see the way that, um, and, and this is hard. I guess we need to be showing the audience here, but um, the way it's stacked. See, this logo works stacked and in a straight line. Yeah, and that, and it's got some consistencies both ways, which you know was just a matter of, you know, me tweaking things until it all sort of lined up. But when it's stacked, um, you've got this nice – it hugs in there quite nicely and, and it just made for a perfect little area for me to put that monogram. Yeah. Which typically I often put things on top, but then it would have been too portrait and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, it, it – I'm not just saying this because we're, <laughs> we're doing this podcast, but I'm really stoked with the way this logo turned out. I yeah. Mean, often you can design something and then, you know – I don't know. Sometimes you can grow out of the style or something mm. like that. But this one, what, what, we started this a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Well, we launched in June last year. It would have been last year. It would have been the start of last year, I think. But if people had Actually, seen, no, the, it was longer than that because it might have been the end, took, of, yeah, end of the year before. Yeah, I, I think it was even longer. It took a while before the brewery. Uh, the logo lived for a long time before. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but anyway, my, yeah. I guess my point is, I look at it now and I'm still really, really stoked with it. Yeah. So, so do yeah. we, and we have, and not to just sit here pulling our wings the whole time, but <laughs> um, we get feedback every day about this branding. People really, yeah. really like it, and it's very, very hard to stand out in this industry because yeah. there's a lot of competition, and you know, most of the breweries, like some industries, my my background's in online business, and I just I just wrote a two thousand word post in an online forum about how online entrepreneurs don't pay any attention to design. Yep. Um, but in, in the physical businesses, in like the retail space, restaurants, hospitality, people do invest yep. in design. Yep. Um, so like what we had before was never going to cut and that was just something yep. I did quickly. And, and remember, we had an alternative design because this I, I, I designed this first and then, you, you know, it was, there was a yep. it was hit and miss for a little bit there because yep. it was such a departure from your previous logo. Yeah. We almost went down a completely different route, which, oh, man, I'm so glad we Me did too. it. Me too. I wasn't going <laughs> to let that happen. Don't worry. So I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love this as soon as I saw it. Just the, the monogram, I, th- I thought that was just the final touch we needed. Anyway, yep. we're officially pulling our wings right now. So yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's That's all right. Get off it. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into. Um, I'll, c- I'll come back to Black Ops because we're we're doing packaging, we're doing cans and carton boxes, which we've been going through. I'll come back to that at the end. Yep. But what about just generally, like advice for design processes and advice for companies that are yeah. going through a design process or hiring a designer or doing it themselves? Like like what 
do you do you have any like general pieces of advice you can give them? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Verg.com.au. <laughs> That's a good start <laughs> if you can afford it. Yeah. No. Um, oh, look, I, I think just, I mean, it, it varies. I, I get all different size companies come to me uh, with requirements and. I think, you know, everyone wants a beautiful brand um, and they, they want to be better than their competitors and stuff like that. Sometimes you don't have the budget initially because it mm. takes time and experience that sort of, you know, um, to be able to give that to a client. You know, there's a value to that. Um, I think I remember in one of your design podcasts you talked about not even having a logo until you mm-hmm. can afford. Uh, I think there is some merit yeah. in that. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess from, from a client perspective, it, let's say you've got the budget and you, you know, you're looking for designers. Have a look at their portfolio. Make sure they've got a proven track record. Make yeah. sure they can design. Yeah. Right? Um, make sure they've got a variety of styles. If you don't like – if you don't think that the style that you're seeing fits, if they've got a variety of different styles, chances are they can adapt. Mm. Um, you know, especially if they've got experience. I think experience – I mean, you know – I think that's in in the early days you try and force on trends and stuff like that. But a yeah. real experienced designer will take a brief and they'll see what they've got to do, what what, what they, their their goals are, what they're trying to achieve, the demographic and all of that, and they'll design for the brief, yeah. right? Rather than getting all ooh, I haven't done a lettering style logo in a while, or yeah, you yeah. know, I'd like to try that style, or you know, uh, gradient geometric gemstone marks are in right now yeah. you know you've got to have someone that's going to you know take on a brief and and do that and also uh, look one point of difference for me i mean i want my clients to love their logo I, I, it has to work i'll present one concept for a for a client as you remember yeah but you know when we're in doubt of whether that concept was right I won't shortchange a concept. I won't. I won't give a client a heap of concepts at the start. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a complete waste of time. Yeah. My um, philosophy is, I, I you know, answer a brief, then present it in context. But then I won't shortchange a concept. I shortchange the client on concept. So you know, uh, with constructive feedback, we re- revisit it, and you know, we repeat that process until the client loves it. But how, but, 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 but what if what if the client knows nothing about design? Which is which I think is very common. Okay, then that then the jobs for me to educate that person and and, and give them one. You, you can't do that. Um, uh, keep showing concept principle on if the client will know it when they see it, and I, I let clients know that. So when when you know I take on a job, I let them know that this in order for this to work, we have to have constructive feedback, and we have to you know really identify you know where a design might fall short. Yeah, 80%, 90% of the time, you know, the, the client loves the first concept anyway. Right. And, and, you know, then when we go back for the second, it's, it's usually that fills the, the, the 10, 20% where the first concept doesn't. Like, you know, what we did when we did the second concept for this, then we realised that the first one actually was answering that brief. Yeah. It's just you needed to live with it for a little bit. Yeah, and we also, you know? we, I think we needed to make that one tweak with the monogram. Yeah. Because that wasn't, like, that, that part of it yeah. wasn't us, but... Also, you do you, you do you need to you need to see things for a while. Yeah, and also I think um, almost have them sold to you. I got another designer yeah. friend, John, who who said 
uh, something like you know twenty percent of your time is designing, eighty percent of your time is justifying your work. That, that's it. That's right. I mean, look, I've got some. Um cracking presentations on my portfolio of some jobs that I've done where I guarantee you if I just showed them the logo, the logo, just the logo, yeah, they would have gone, what else you got? Yeah. What's that? But then you put it in context and you do a beautiful presentation, they understand it and they get behind it and they live it and they feel it. They mm. see it, they see it um, you know, in context on, you know, whatever deliverables they might have. So yeah. Someone mocks. And getting it into physical form as well can be a really big game changer. Yeah. Like if, like if there's some – I know with, with all of our stuff, we'll, you know, we'll print out the labels. Yeah. We'll mock up the cans. That's the new can design. Um, we'll mock up the boxes. The decals, we printed them off. Yeah. And when you were first doing the branding, you know, that, that almost always leads to changes. Like even, yep. even after I've signed something off, um, I'll, like, oh, fuck, I'll go and print it off again, try it, and then you'll look at it and be like – this, this needs to be changed. Yeah. So I think that – and that's something I think we did a bit when we were first yeah. going through the Black Ops yeah, branding. Yeah, definitely. It's one thing to look at something on computer. Yeah. Uh, but there's a process afterwards to, you know, doing that fine-tuning. And, and I think that's where a lot of time went with us coming up the concept. I tell you what, it's, the lo- it's all about the light bulb moment. When you have that light bulb moment and then you know what's going to work, um, it's exciting because it's just about executing. Yeah. Right. So then you go through this execution process of getting the concept ready, but then there's that stage of tweaking and 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 finalising. That's actually where there's more work sometimes. Yeah. So like when you're drag, like when the when out. the client sees the concept um, and they love it, you think you're like ninety percent there. You're only halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got you know the and that's what happened here with us. We you know you know because you want everything to be absolutely perfect. Right. But then there's also there must be at least. I could imagine there would be a very different mindset that goes into all this pressure on you to come up with this brand versus now we've got the brand. It's just it's it's just manual work from that point to yeah. to get it into all the right context and yeah. to make sure everything lines up. And and from that point, I'm guessing it feels a lot easier. Yeah, one hundred percent. So generally speaking, once um, a client signs off on a presentation that I put forward of a brand, a pitch, I guess. Um, you can call it it kind of acts like a style guide yeah the dna is already there so let's say you know i've I've put together a corporate identity presentation and they're like great i've I've sent them the assets the logo files the whatever the colors the patterns the typefaces fonts and and whatnot um then they say okay we uh we need this brochure that's easy yeah it's all done it's i mean you know it's just it now it's a jigsaw puzzle you know, it's just putting it all together. But it how really anno- how annoying to... is it when you have clients like me who've got access to Illustrator and they can they can do stuff themselves? Oh man, don't butcher <laughs> my work. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. it's all good. I mean, you guys keep you know calling me in, doing a few things here and there, so it's it's good. You, it, it's the big things. Like you yeah, know, if I saw that you guys had a crack at the can, I'd be like a nervous man. Yeah, yeah, like, dude. Just yeah. come and see me. <laughs> well, actually, I, I did some design work the other day, actually, yeah. for our um, keg collars. Yeah. I should show you because I don't yeah. think I actually showed them to you. Hey, and that's nothing against your design skills. No, no. Yeah. Hey, I'm not a designer. I'll admit it's... it. That's it there. That's just a – it's a very cheap printed out um, collar that goes on the top of the kegs. We don't do them currently, and so I wanted to make sure we have 
Look at me something just on analyzing, waiting to see something. <laughs> all right. Let me, know. Let me know what you see. No, you've done all right. Done you've all done right? done a pretty good job. You've honored everything quite well. Okay. We'll talk later about it. All right. <laughs> no, it's good. It's well, good. You've done well. The only thing I'd do is give that a little bit more breathing space. So you could probably um, yep. reduce the yellow area there. But look, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, so good. it's a good job. So, it's, so how do you, do you get frustrated and anxious when you see that I'm using your brand and no. not getting your permission? No, to I only it? get anxious when I'm going on a live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, just one other thing about the business owner thing. What One thing I try to – well, one thing I really believe is the business owner themselves needs to respect design. It's It, it, can't, be de- it, it can't be delegated. Like the, the mindset around – Thinking design is important, thinking that it matters, thinking it's worth investing money in. Um, even the detail of like knowing what you like, knowing what's, what's modern, what other people are doing. I don't think you can delegate that to a designer. And I'm interested in your thoughts on that because I, I think as a business owner, it's your job to almost like own the vision. Yeah. And design can be such a key part of business to a point where People are launching companies now where like design is the only point of difference. It's yeah. common now. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it comes. I think that vision comes down to the entrepreneur, and the design process becomes becomes a situation where like the entrepreneur has a certain vision overall about what they value yep. and what that what looks good, but they don't have the ability to execute it. Mm-hmm. And then and then best case scenario, you work with the designer who. Who has both? Who can who can take on the vision, yep. add their own vision, and execute it? And there's a back and forth, and that's yep. that's when I think it works really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to know what you think. Look, I think it varies from client to client. You can get a feel for these things. Some people, like you said, have the vision but don't have the execution. I've just recently done something with someone like that, and I trust this guy. Yeah. Because he's got proven success in other companies that you know that he's, he's um, um, put out there and they look fantastic. And sometimes I do have to go, okay, well, yeah, I dig my heels in a bit yeah. on what I'm thinking, but then I go, okay, no, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll try what you, what, what you want. And, yeah. you know, and so sometimes, but then sometimes that doesn't work for some. I've, I've, I've done that with the wrong person and we've just completely butchered Right, okay. and, and yeah. we've gone completely backwards because they've dug their heels in too much, and they've taken a, a, a marvelous concept that I've put forward, and they've kept changing. To, right, to, but, to, but to scratch their itches to sort of appease their, I, I guess, I, I, I don't know, ego or whatever. But I think, just, this, but this almost proves my point, which I, which I think in that situation is it because they really actually just don't know a lot about design. They haven't taken the effort. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's probably it. They don't have an eye for it that they think they do. Yes. You know, but look, it's, it's subjective, you know. I, it, it, you know is, I, it is, but it isn't. I did this one pitch, right. Um, there was a boardroom of about 12 people, right, and it was perfect. It was unreal. It was something I was so excited about going and pitching Yeah. because – I, I just knew that it was right. You know, you know when it's right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you read the brief. It's got, it's, it's ticking all these values and all of that. It has that visual aesthetic and all of that. They're going to love this. And um, of the twelve people that were there, eleven of them, ten of them, absolutely loved them. <laughs> the, the person that made the decision yeah. didn't, and then there was one person that was on the fence, and that was leverage for him. Right, and you can't make every. That, this is where I mean it's subjective. But sometimes. that's not subjective. That's people that are wrong. Yeah. Okay. You're right. In, in fact, you're 100 percent right. 
they are, see, they're wrong. <laughs> no, I, I think it's true. I wish I, I, I think, could have said that. You're wrong, man. <laughs> I, I think it is. I think like yeah. you can like there's there's a certain there's a scale of like good design where you know there's preferences and whatever. Yeah. But I think most people will will inherently understand experience good design without without knowing it i, th- I think yeah. i think most people can look at something and they'll know it looks good yeah or it doesn't look good or it's designed well which, yeah. which is broader than looking good but yeah. but design well not well yeah but they won't be able to, to uh, put it into thoughts or words because they haven't because they just haven't invested time in the yeah. in the idea of design yeah. Yeah. so so i think like i think there is good and bad yeah. design and i think the subjectivity is really just Ignorant. I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole here, but, no, I, but I think no, it's ignorance. I, I, I like your um, upfront honesty about it. Like, it's good. That's it. Yeah. You say it as, as you see it, and I think, yeah, I, I agree. I take my thoughts back. It's not subjective. <laughs> You're fucking wrong. I, I would be so – if I actually put all that time into something, I have, a, like, obviously yeah. a very oh, like, fragile it, ego, but I would be fucking gutted. I walked away from that meeting just absolutely drained. Because I stood there and I dug my heels a bit, like, you know, because you've got to play a fine line. You know, this is the person that's paying me. And, you know, mm. I, you know I'm a big believer in making clients happy. I want them to love it. I, I just feel like I can achieve that yeah. for them. But, you know, there is that one every year that, you know, it's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's a quotable right yeah. there. <laughs> I'm going to put that yeah. on Instagram. Um, I just had a thought. One other thing that I think helped with that process of, uh, I guess, getting used to the look yep. was uh, seeing the behind the scenes yep. of like you, if you guys listening, go to Matt's Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Matt Vigotis? Yes. Yeah. M-A-T-T-V-E-R-G-O-T-I-S. And, and you'll see not only like finished designs. In fact, more often than not, you'll see your design in context yeah. and you so drawing it. Or I, I, um, I show my process. Yeah. For some reason, if my left hand is in the picture, it gets more likes. Right. So <laughs> whenever I post a finished vectored art, it doesn't get nearly as much traction. That's interesting. Um, yeah. It's weird. And I think it's, it's – um, that, that's something that helps like when – it's very, very easy to make snap judgments. I do it fucking all the time. Even with yeah. you, like you'll send me something, I'll, I'll decide straight away I don't like it and, oh. I'll, and I'll be wrong. It, <laughs> it happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, but that process of learning like the, the amount of, especially for the first design, learning the amount of effort that went yeah. into it, the, you know, like you spoke a lot about the fact that we're a craft company but our logo was generated by a free Google Exactly. Plan. And so knowing that this is handcrafted knowing that yep. like somebody has sat down and thought about this and yep. drawn it a million times. So you can see my process and look, y- there is a, that's the part that I love. I love the process. Process is fun. So it makes sense to sort of take nice photos of it and, and, and post it. And it yep. does, it helps people get behind the design too. When they see the artistry involved in, in coming up with it. I mean, even if you're doing a geometric logo and stuff like that, if you show the process of why the, the geometry sort of works, um, you know, in a stages, it, it, yeah. um, it helps clients get behind, you know, okay, mm, clever cookie. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah, and, and it's very, very hard to make a snap judgment about something that you know someone has put so much time into. Yeah. You have to think about it yeah. for longer. And quite often with this style of design, um, you need time to think about yeah. it, I think. And Look, it's, it's, you know, you've, it's about dealing with people 
as well. And when you form relationships, I, I guess, you know, the, 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 the client can feel more, you know, freely to sort of say if they don't like something or, or whatnot. Like, you know, you're always playing a balancing act on, you know, if, if you really don't like something but I've done something, oh, come on, Dan. Mm. This, this is working. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whereas if it's someone that I don't know, you, you sort of got to hear them out. Right. Yeah. You know, play the relation game. and Yeah, and you're balancing. I mean, these people are paying you yeah. for this project exactly. and potentially others as well. Yeah. Um, but your, your reputation's also on the line because yeah. it's your work. Yeah. So you're balancing that. It's a fucking hard job what you do, man. I tell you what, mm. I used, when I used to do it for um, websites – it, it just it wasn't rewarding for me. I like. I yeah. mean, yours is different because yours is like a creative expression of art. And even if you do great work and they don't like yeah. it, you've still done the work. Yeah. Um, but I found the process to be very, very, very challenging. Yeah. And I'm dealing with, uh, like I said earlier, like 90% of my clients are from overseas. So yeah, I'm Skyping Russia <laughs> one minute and I'm jumping over to the States. And, yeah. And sometimes there's that language barrier. You know, um, so things, you know, can get lost a little bit in translation sometimes, but we always work it out. And, and I'm mm. such a big believer in just getting that Skype time and that FaceTime and establishing a relationship, having a chat for 10, 15 minutes about how your day's been and yeah. you know, what you do, your interests and stuff like that and, and developing a relationship so you know you're not dealing with an asshole. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you, yeah. you know, someone that's just, you know mechanical here just to do the job you're dealing with a human and and, and so you build that trust mm-hmm. yeah um all right so let's get let's wrap it up with the with where we're at with black ops at the moment which is the carton so we've been doing bottles which we do on site here with, with, with a very manual process i think we do something like 25 cartons in a whole day of three guys running a bottling machine it's very very manual um and they look sexy but they're too expensive for us to make because of the process so we've decided to go into canning um and with that required a complete redesign i wouldn't say complete redesign because you had the foundation there Mm. but we needed to design a carton um we we decided to go the 12 pack carton probably because it just because it's a bit different and it becomes a different price point um, a more a more palatable price point than a carton because beer beer that you make at a small scale locally is very expensive, um, and then a can, which so so we had a, a couple of challenges to overcome here. One one was um, the carton box. The other one was the can itself. And in both cases, we potentially have ten beers that could be packaged because at the moment we have basically a core range of ten beers, which is. Uh, awesome. kind of, which is awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome, but it presents a major challenge, which yeah. is with anything you design, anything yeah. you print, it costs a shitload more yeah. if you do different styles. So I guess we came to you with that idea and we were, yeah. we were workshopping this idea of having a generic can with labels. Um, yeah. to, to give people more context on the cans, to order a can, you have to order 60,000 of the one design. Yeah. Um, we had the opportunity, but you can print labels on cans. But the drawback is sometimes when you print a label on the can, it just doesn't look and feel right. It's, it's sort of cheap. It looks a bit cheap. Um, so the challenge was basically how do we, how do we first of all not have to order sixty thousand cans for every single beer we want to put into cans? Yep, um, it's a lot of cans. It's a lot of cans, especially for our our scale. And how do we still 
make it not look cheap. And that was where you came in. Okay, yeah. So, well, I think it was, why don't we um, make a generic can that is just Black Ops? Yeah. No um, mention of any of the, uh, you know, core range. Um, just keep it, like, you can't use that can. Well, we, I guess you could. You could put something in it without, well, anyway, I'll continue. I'm not, not making any sense. So, <laughs> um, design a can that was completely generic, Black Ops, yeah. nothing on it. And then put some stickers over the top for the core range. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that was each each beer. Oh, am I showing too much there? Um, so, yeah, so each different flavour has a different sticker, a different yeah. colour. And the stickers, and so because people are listening to this on audio, um, you can check it out. It'll be up on our Instagram, an image of it. But the sticker is only probably, what, 20% the height of the can. It's a very thin yep. sticker. So the, the overall can just feels, for the most part, like a normal can, but it's got a little thin sticker that is the colour of the beer. Um, so every beer will have a unique colour, yep. but we can use the one generic can. Exactly. So instead of um, printing a million cans of all the core range, we only have to do the bare minimum run for the cans and then just as you um, you know can your beers, put the stickers on. Yeah. So you've got one can and just a heap of stickers. And, and it look, makes sense and, yeah. Yeah, and we did the same thing with the carton. Too. Yeah, and so the this, if the guys are looking on Facebook, this is a... Um, just to, just for size purposes, the carton doesn't look anything like that. But the basic like idea it. with the carton was, again, to sort of follow the can, the whole carton is going to be black. Yep. Um, it's going to be generically branded Black Ops. But then we've got these stickers that will go over the top of the carton. So when you see them, it'll look, it'll look kind of like the can and you'll be able to stand them upright and for display purposes. So it will almost look like a vertical can, but they'll yep. be normally stacked horizontally. It's actually going to look like an expensive bottle of, of a scotch. scotch or something. Yeah. yeah. It's going to look unreal. It's yeah. going to be so different to anything that I've ever seen. Yeah. I think it'll look different. And, and it's also gotten around the problem for us of the same issue with the boxes. So yep. we can print a generic black ops box. The stickers are really cheap. Yep. Um, but the boxes are not cheap. So we can print a generic black ops box and then have a different sticker for every beer. Yep. And with a bit of luck, as you can see here, these are just mock-ups. We've got the printed out on my $30 printer, um, printed out on paper, and we've mocked up a box. We haven't actually seen the final print yet. So when we, when we see it, yep. hopefully it all comes together and Look, looks good. When you've got the core range all there in the generic black can with the stickers, the little family is going to come together. It looks, yeah. it looks really cool. Much, yeah. much the same way your bottles do. I mean um, – what what we did with the cans is we took I guess the bottle design because all the ingredients are there all the all the graphical assets are all the same but it just allowed us to um, play around with it and it just push it just a little step further yeah so I guess um if people want to see it listening to the podcast check out Black Ops Instagram because we're going to launch this in a in probably five weeks or so have you already posted the photo no. Have oh. not posted the photo, but I also haven't published the audio. So oh, okay. um, Facebook people live won't be able to see it yet, but I will post the photo today of the, the mock-up. Yep. Um, and people can check it out. Let us know what you think. Only if you think good things. As I always say, like, let me know what you think. But then when someone yeah. tells me they don't like it, I get pissed off. So yeah. just They're wrong. They're, <laughs> they're wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're wrong. All right. Um, what's the call to action for you? What, what do people do if they want to learn more about Matt Vigotis? Um. I guess uh, they can drop into my website, my Facebook, my Instagram, my beheads. <laughs> <laughs> Dribble. Dribble. You um, on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Right. I, I don't, look, I pretty much 
post work. I'm I'm not someone that throws out heaps of thoughts and yeah. stuff like that. I can never that. think of I mean, anything funny enough for Twitter. I know. It puts pressure. Um, and I don't know. Snapchat? I was on Snapchat. You know. You gone off. I had You're a, addicted. I had a good game on Snapchat apparently. <laughs> um, I had to get off it. Um, I found social media was just taking over my life and it, I was starting to develop ADD and uh, it's just, yeah, it got too much. I, I remember I was out whale watching with my family on a, on a beautiful boat and, and whales are jumping around and kids are going nuts such an amazing moment yeah and here i am in the moment in my phone snapping it and i, th- I had to put it down going, it's like Fuck, what this am I is doing? just this has gotten <laughs> out of control yeah you know um having said that though did you see uh, i shared it yesterday the um guys on the jet skis with the killer whales no oh that was so cool to check they're it. just just out in the wild on jet skis and she's got the camera out and filmed I it. I don't There's know what I'd do Six if I or saw seven it. killer whales just swimming next to them, swimming underneath the jet skis. It's Those really, really are cool. Badass. They are badass. But, but if that, that Blackfish documentaries is true, I haven't looked into it, but yeah. it, it said that no humans have ever been killed by killer whales in the wild. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. But I tell you what. Oh, they're, they're bad. Those oh, they're bad. <laughs> talk about apex predator. Have you seen that documentary? No. Holy shit. It's it's yeah. full on. it's um they have a lot of footage of trainers at SeaWorld yep. with run-ins with uh with the killer whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, it's hard to watch some yeah, of that no, shit. Yeah, no, I can't I can't I can't I, I'm hopeless at watching people get hurt. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm, I can't watch funniest time videos. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit the same but I this, get but you, you got to watch it anyway just because yep. just so you, you can understand what's happening with with the killer whales in captivity but yep. just that vision of the way they fuck with you. Because you, oh, you've seen the, well, you like, see what they do with seals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they're bad. I think they've got a great white shark ev- every day. Do you know oh, yeah. I reckon oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're like they, twice they the size. They are the apex predator yeah. in the ocean, for sure. Yeah. This conversation just got yeah. way off track. <laughs> talking about <laughs> killer whales. All right. Thank you, my man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no fun. worries. Enjoyed and, it. And uh, you guys on the podcast, thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. And we'll be back in a week or so with some more AOBA goodness. And we'll see you next time. Yo.